unveiling the secrets A-list copywriters use to make themselves and their clients millions. This is the Copywriters Podcast with your host, the world's greatest copywriting coach, David Garfinkel. All right, copywriters, welcome back to the Copywriters Podcast with your host, the world's greatest copywriting coach and a very special guest today. David, take it away. Thanks, Nathan. Okay, well, we caught up with top copywriter and podcaster Dave Allen on the road just outside Atlanta. Now, um, I need to prepare you. We don't have our normal studio quality sound because this interview was done by phone, but the audio is still high quality. Now, about Dave. Dave Allen has created highly profitable funnels in a large number of different niches, ranging from weight loss to digital information products. And his specialty these days is funnels to get prospects into webinars. Before we continue, this reminder, copy is powerful. You're responsible for how you use what you hear in this podcast. Most of the time, common sense is all you need. But if you make extreme claims and or if you're writing copy for offers in highly regulated industries like health, finance, and business opportunity, you may want to get a legal review after you write and before you start using your copy. My larger clients do this all the time. Now for Dave Allen, he's the host of the email marketing podcast and the Takeover Tuesday podcast. And like I said, Dave is an expert on funnels. So let's listen in to one of the most fascinating phone conversations I've ever had. Dave, I'm so glad we caught up with you. Where are you right now? You're somewhere in the U.S., aren't you? I am in the U.S. I'm in Atlanta, Georgia. Technically, I guess, Milton, Georgia, uh, where my family, uh, part of my family lives. It's sort of a affluent uh, area. I think the governor uh, is up this way. So it's uh, a lovely, it's cold here, though, unfortunately, for not by Canadian standards, of which I am one, but uh, by regular Georgian standards, it's actually been uh, as everywhere. I think a lot of places in the U.S., it's been very cold recently. I'll have to send you this uh, graphic about how Canadians react to the cold compared to the rest of the world. <laughs> it's the funniest thing I've ever seen. You guys I can imagine. But, but let's, let's get into funnels, okay, because I, okay. I know we, we were very eager to talk to you about that, and um, mm-hmm. you've done a lot of that, and I think you've been specializing in one niche. Could you just start with defining a funnel from your point of view in, in marketing, of course? Yeah, of course, because a lot of things, of course, could take the same uh, funnel concept and exploit it, but we're going to talk about marketing funnels. And basically what a funnel is, to me, is basically the process, uh, you know, a number of steps that you take somebody through where they first sort of come in contact with your marketing materials. They're looking or not, (laughs) in some cases, not looking. Uh, you know, they're just breezing the internet and you turn them into a customer of yours. Okay. Uh, so it's, and they call it a funnel basically because at the beginning, you know, you're, you're, you have a, a large, larger number of people entering the top of a funnel. You picture a, you know, conventional funnel for your oil in your car or something. So you have a, uh, yeah, a bunch of people coming in the top. And then as you step, stair step them through the processes, uh, you know, it gets less and less because less people, what they call, convert to the next step, basically. Sure. 
And, and so the pieces of a funnel, that could be different web pages, they could be videos, opt-ins, emails, right? I mean, there's a lot of yeah. flexibility as to what all the different steps are. Yeah, there's like pros and cons to a lot of the different things that people are doing nowadays. Uh, like you mentioned video and, uh, of course, long-form sales pages. And the shorter copy sales pages are more you know, prevalent in bigger brands and stuff like that. Uh, so there's a variety of instruments you can use to uh, execute a funnel. Uh, but, you know, I think uh, if you don't have one in your business, you're probably uh, losing a lot of money on a, on a minute-to-minute basis. Well, l- let's talk about the invisible stuff in plain sight. For, for And as a magician, I'm sure you're very um, <laughs> amused by that idea. Um, what are some funnels we go through every day online that we don't even realize are funnels? Well, I think it's basically like uh, just, you know, thinking about this right now, I would say that if you do stuff online, your chances are you're going through a funnel. Uh-huh. So if you're purchasing anything online, for instance, anything at all, whether it's movie tickets or it's a, a new, uh, you know, my sister just purchased some chairs uh, from Canada, from a, from a manufacturer. Uh, basically, every point of entry that someone is using in the, in the purchasing uh, or sort of buying cycle, le- you know, leads, especially if you're dealing with uh, more advanced uh, companies or bigger companies, it's leading into a funnel of some sort. I mean, even if something as simple as, uh, I don't know, you mentioned on online stuff, but this is sort of a combination of both. Like if you go to McDonald's, of course, they have a sales funnel from the moment you walk up to order your food because uh, they try to upsell you fries and drinks and various desserts or whatever they're doing, depending on who the person the cashier is. Right. And But they also print out the receipt. And on the receipt, they have like a little survey or a quiz of some kind usually where you have to go online, enter some details, go through their little, you know, survey, which is uh, very small. They give you a free Whopper or a free Big Mac or whatever, um, you know, whatever they're offering. And now you're in their funnel because they have your your information, so they can remarket to you. They can come back and send you other uh, emails, depending on what you've uh, selected. You know, various things like that. I mean, Amazon, you know, uh, which is now, I heard, collected something with over 50% of all Black Friday sales. Uh, that's a funnel. Everything you do on Amazon it leads you into another uh, series, you know, section of their funnel. Because, I mean, they have it running simultaneously, too. I mean, while you're looking for one thing, they're recommending other things uh, below you and around you. And all those things lead to them contacting you more or trying to sell you more stuff. And that's basically all a funnel does. Okay, so if, if, if I were to define a funnel based on what you've said, and I really like what you've said, um, I would say there are all of the steps, all of the interactions between the customer and the seller uh, that either lead to a sale or lead to more sales. Is that right? Yeah, because you know, that's, that's, that's 100% right. Because, you know, people are in different uh, stages of what they call the buying cycle. So people may be just becoming, uh, just starting to look for something. They may not even know they're looking for something. Uh, they sort of have either an awareness of what you offer already or they don't. And so when they come in contact with, uh, you know, let's say they're going to buy a book. Uh, from Amazon, they may be looking for a specific book, but alongside that, of course, are listed other books by the same author. 
but they they may be interested in. They may try to sell you additional books at a at a discounted rate. They may do a hundred different things. There's so many things you could do. Of course, I'll, I'll tell you a funny story about that. I just saw it in the news today. Apparently, there's a Canadian author who has a book whose title starts the same as Michael Wolff's book, which, as we're recording this now, is very hot about Trump, right? Fire and Fury. Right. This guy's right. book is called Fire and Fury, and it's about World War II. And right. uh, either by mistake or on purpose, a lot of people are buying that book. Suddenly, he's getting all of these sales. And that's, that's sort of a funnel example in a left-handed kind of way, right? Exactly, and, that, and that's funny, too, because... Uh, you know, a lot, just thinking about that now, it's like a lot of people will be in sort of like the wrong funnel, if you will, now, uh, because they'll be said, you know, maybe maybe that will open their mind and their world up to a whole new thing of buying that author's books. But there'll be a lot of people, perhaps, given the time of uh, year we're recording this in just after the new year, a lot of people probably got gifts of Fire and Fury, <laughs> WW2 version. <laughs> Instead of these little Trump books that was intended. You know, um, I'd like to go a little off topic for a second because I'm concerned about those chairs that your sister's buying. So you're in, she's in Atlanta, Atlanta yeah. metro region, and she's buying Canadian chairs, right? And, well, and so I guess it's okay for her, but the people in those chairs are going to be really cold, right? And people in Atlanta are used to warmer <laughs> chairs. They'll be sturdier, though. They'll be sturdier. Oh, they will be sturdier and reliable. Okay, back, back to great answer. Uh, <laughs> so what are, the, what are the general rules that you use yourself when you're creating funnels and maybe when you're teaching or coaching others? Uh, mm -hmm. could, could you talk about, like, the big picture and then, then mm -hmm. some micro details? Sure, absolutely. So uh, I think the number one thing I see that uh, – and we'll get into this a bit later, I guess, with the – problems I've seen most, but they're kind of, it's kind of all intertwined. Okay. Is I like to keep it really simple at the beginning. Because funnels have become, you know, just that word funnels almost makes my hair stand up a little bit because it's become such a buzzword in sort of like internet marketing circles. And, uh, you know, there's just, you, you type in funnels, sales funnels and stuff into Google and you'll just be like besieged by millions and millions of web pages because they were like, especially like in, I think in 2015, they were like the hot buzzword. Uh, what's interesting though is that, uh, you know, not that hard to implement, I would say. And if you start off very simply and sort of, uh, build a foundation, then that's sort of like where I, I like to start, especially with a new client is you're sort of, depending on what they have already in place, of course. <laughs> is you want to just keep it very simple. So you may want to have, depending on how they're getting their traffic, whether it's from uh, paid ads, uh, media buying, or or from, uh, uh, you know, straight into, uh, from their from their SEO, you know, free traffic or whatever they're doing. Uh, you know, it depends. But you want to keep it just very simple. So you want to have, you know, you want your landing page, where, where it's coming from, wherever the people are coming from, into a landing page. You want to have something that uh, causes uh, people to, you know, depending on where your traffic is coming from, I would say you're either going to go one of two ways. You're going to either have something for sale immediately, which I would say is most of the kind of stuff I deal with, yep. or 
if it's more of a free traffic model, uh, some content marketing and so forth that's driving your traffic, then you're probably going to go to some sort of squeeze page where you're going to give something away and you're going to give yeah, something of value away, maybe a checklist or a cheat sheet or something that people I think listening to this might be more familiar with. Uh, but something of value uh, in exchange for their information. So then you can lead them, you know, again, further down the funnel. And, you know, just keeping it very simple from a landing page to a, or, or maybe that is the sales page. And then you're, you're gathering their information and then you're going into more depth in regards to, uh, you know, the, uh, the main product that you're selling. If you, if you start with a squeeze page or that is the main product and then you've got a back end, uh, to your funnel, which is a higher, usually higher price products, uh, so forth. So, you know, maybe one upsell into like a higher price product. So if you just keep it simple from that landing page or that initial sales page into an upsell and you have the uh, the email marketing sort of laid under that, that would be the typical sort of like foundational funnel I would build from some, you know, for somebody. For most of the people I've worked with is to start very, very simple so that you know that it has traction. That it's actually okay, that's else. really good. So one takeaway I'm getting right away is, you know, TMI is is a problem with some people who you ask them what time it is, they tell you how to build a watch, right? And, <laughs> but but with a funnel, the, the whole point of a funnel is to avoid TMI, to spread out the information successively in little pieces, so that right. no no one ever gets overwhelmed because it's so easy to get overwhelmed on the internet. And I've seen people who you know just launch into this huge explanation right away. And, and that's a mistake. That that should be sliced and diced into the successive pieces that's going to gradually warm the prospect up to, um, yeah. to to the sale. Yeah, I mean, if you look at and and if you look at the different models out there, I mean, uh, with what some of the different companies are doing, then that warming up could include, you know, uh, you know, the sort of traditional model. Uh, like I mentioned, of uh, people going to a squeeze page where they get the information and then they're being marketed to through largely through email marketing, right. uh, although other people use SMS and various other things. Uh, what you're basically, that, that sort of model there is you're using that email and stuff to warm those people up and then you send them to a sales page or a sales video uh, later, you know. Now, uh, some people have had a lot of success trying to combine all that I would say, and something I've gotten into more recently uh, is with something like a webinar funnel. So you go from like uh, that that value up front, which may be like a case study download or something free that you give them that has some real value that shows, you know, what you did for somebody perhaps, uh, how you changed uh, the outcome uh, for that particular client or whatever it is. And then they're on a free webinar. They register for a free webinar. So go to registration page for a free webinar. And uh, what, sometimes that's an evergreen webinar, which is running, you know, often. It could be every hour on the hour. It could be a, a, whenever people want to watch it. It could be only live, uh, which is something uh, I'm experimenting with more and more right now myself. Uh, the live ones seem to do uh, markedly better. Uh, you know, well, the live ones are great because they're interactive, right? That's the that's the whole thing, you know. It's it's really to warm those people up, 
and to get, you know, there's nothing better than like a one-on-one interaction. And with a webinar, you're having a one-on-one interaction essentially with a bunch of people. It'd be like getting up on a stage in their own house uh, of sorts. So that has that that can do a lot of the heavy lifting for you. And people typically drive. People typically, you know, uh, depending on what their product is or their service they're selling, they may either try to sell that product right on the webinar, or they may uh, go to a strategy call or something uh, model afterwards when they get on the phone with people. So now, maybe, a, maybe another takeaway is is your funnel should simulate as best you can what a one-on-one sales process would be like, but you're breaking it into. Yeah. Whether it's interactive or not, you're, you're breaking it into small pieces, usually on the Internet. And as you point out with McDonald's, you can do it in real life, too. Yeah, yeah. I think it's one of the things that, you know, they always say people uh, buy from other people. You know, they don't buy from a nameless, faceless uh, entity. And so, you know, uh, if you're creating, uh, even if you're not, uh, you know, you're sending out an email to your uh, to a list of your of your people, your customers, and or prospects, it may not be directly one on one to them, but the way you write it uh, is like a one on one conversation, which is really something very uh, basic and uh, fundamental to all copywriting is to conduct it in a one to one sort of a. You know, I always I always think of every time I think of this sort of uh, basic tenet of a, of a crafting messages that uh, actually move people to do things. I always think of John Carlton's explanation of uh, sitting in a bar with a guy next to him, you know, talking, if you would, to somebody you just met, you know, and maybe you are explaining what you what you have for sale. But it's that same kind of conversation where it's just very, very uh, uh, clear, and the words you use would be the words you would use in everyday conversation about this verbose you know, monstrosities you see a lot of corporations <laughs> have to yeah. use them on they, they really, They really don't get it, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, a lot of people really uh, really don't get it. It's like they try to, there's like this uh, professional speak, I guess you'd call it, or something like this, where it's very verbose. It doesn't really mean anything. No one can really decipher exactly what it means. And, it, and as a result, it doesn't communicate anything. You know, uh, when you speak very plainly, uh, it's a lot more clear, and people understand you immediately what you're trying to, you know, uh, tell them, trying to communicate to them. And as a result, they are, you, you know, can be moved to action very quickly. Uh, as a, I mean, if you scream fire, people tend to get a little excited. Yeah, you, you know, uh, you're talking about the uh, the barroom situation. I I was in the insurance business for a while, and there's um mm-hmm. there's a particular. A product called Final Expense, which is, you know, a way to make sure that after you're dead, your funeral is paid for. <laughs> Just kind of going into a bar, talk to some guy about when he dies and how his family's going to bury him. Um, but do you have any funny stories about a funnel you created or or helped somebody with? Yeah, uh, I would say that. I- nothing. I, I have one I'm going to tell, and I'm going to try to keep this uh, any sort of. Uh, details about this particular person out of the uh, recording here. But uh, one thing I would say is this issue, like I just spoke of, of being very clear, speaking very plainly and explaining things. Uh, because uh, I, I this has happened to me many times. I'm, I'm certainly uh, 
you know, my, my own worst enemy at times with this, and I'm sure other people can relate to this perhaps, is there's something called the curse of knowledge. Yes. Right? So you understand a certain thing perhaps very well. Like, David, you understand copywriting uh, extremely well. You, you mentor other uh, high-level copywriters and so forth. And as a result, things that you understand very intricately, you may assume other people uh, understand because it seems very basic to you, perhaps. And that's one thing that uh, I was working with a client here, oh, man, a couple of years ago. It just, it just sticks in my mind because it makes me laugh so much. But he had a uh, – uh, I built him a funnel. Basically, he had a very small list of people, and it had been, like, built up over the last decade, I would say. So he wasn't too uh, savvy when it comes to, to any sort of online marketing stuff. And uh, I decided to sort of build a, a second business within his – first business. He had info products, he had digital products, and I sort of built a membership business within his original business, and I just whipped together a funnel to, to do that, to extract those people from the list, turn them into customers for his membership thing. And what was funny was, you know, we made a series of videos explaining, you know, uh, what what you get, of course, and everything, and what's all included, and how the format it's going to be delivered in. And, you know, and it did very well uh, for my client. You know, he converted a rather large percentage of people off that list, that unscrubbed list, into this, uh, you know, membership. But uh, the people in this particular niche, which I probably won't go into because I'm not sure if I'm allowed to talk about this, but uh, they were, you know, they're very, uh, uh, very sharp people, but uh, maybe technically not as savvy as you would imagine. And there was one client in particular, we made a video, uh, he, he was delivering his content as sort of a once-a-month uh, webinar, if you will. Uh-huh. And so uh, everyone seemed to get that, uh, most, people, most of the people. However, this one, one person, and uh, why it sticks out of my mind, was he was a professor, a math professor, at a very prestigious university, whom if I mentioned it, you would immediately know, uh, the uh, university <laughs> Uh, but he did not seem to understand. He was like the, you know, quote unquote, I don't know if worse is the word I'm looking for, but he was the most uh, baffling client that, that, this, that my client had because he never seemed to understand what he was actually watching, you know, or when it was like it could do it. Because I had advised my client at, at one point because he was doing uh, these things live, right? So uh, I advised him, because he's not that technically savvy, and I wasn't there to hold his hand every minute of the day, that he should uh, start this live thing uh, a little ways beforehand so that if there are any technical difficulties, he could overcome that. Right. Uh, so he had it running ahead of time, and this client was, like, complaining, sending in uh, complaints to his uh, complaint department, to his uh, help desk, uh, about, like, what am I looking at? There's just a blank screen. I see a guy walk by. You know, <laughs> and stuff like this, like every day, every time we had one of these things, and, you know, you think from one to the next one, it would get better, but it really didn't seem to. So I would say, you know, uh, and I'm certainly guilty of this, like I said, is like, you've got to really explain things if you, in a very clear and simple language. And if you, if you assume anything, chances are it's going to come back and bite you in the ass. Yeah. Okay, that's a pretty funny story, especially since I suppose this professor was smarter than most people, but didn't quite get things start at a certain time, and until then, it's like 
what do they call on TV? The um, I forget. You know that that oh yeah 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 that signal um, where you can see the colored bars. Um, let's talk about mistakes people make because you, you mentioned that before, and I did want to get into that. What are some of the major mistakes you see other people making with sales funnels? Well, I would say that uh, one of the biggest ones I see probably is, and I alluded to this a little bit in the beginning, is like they're not using the right funnel. So uh, if you're using uh, paid traffic, which a lot of people do, uh, you know, probably the majority of people I would say maybe, uh, and certainly a lot of people I deal with, if they're using paid traffic, then sort of this uh, going to a squeeze page and then like a low price product and then a up, you know, and then a higher price product and so forth. Uh, what you'll find is if you do the math, that doesn't work very well, you know, because like each step of this sales, this funnel that we're talking about here, each step of this, and like you said, like shape of a funnel, if you, you think about putting oil in your car, that shape of the funnel, it's like that crowd is getting less and less and less as you go down that funnel, right? It's, it's getting narrower. Yeah. And so that squeeze page coming from paid traffic often leads to such a narrowing uh, of that of that initial group of people that the mathematics of the spending the money on the ads and the conversion rate you're getting to your products doesn't work. It can't work. It, it's literally impossible. And as a result, your funnel is going to lose money. So, and it's just impossible. You can never, it's impossible on that model to like reverse that. So if you look at planning these things out ahead of time, whiteboarding these uh, funnels and deciding exactly what you're going to do before you even spend a single dollar and sort of getting a handle on like does the math even work? You know, uh, that's one thing I see, uh, you know, quite often I would say, you know, some people don't really realize that. I mean, there's, there's a lot of me too, me too, me too, of course. Right. So people are just taking things verbatim from other people. And a lot of these, this model has been pushed a lot, I would say, in popular internet marketing circles. And then the people are just slapping that in. Or with things like click funnels, they're just sharing them, you know. And... Those and it just doesn't work. Now you look at some heavyweight like uh, Agora or somebody like that; they're selling people right off the hop and getting them into then a, a, a bigger, uh, a bigger commitment uh, monetarily, and then they're selling even crazier amount uh, stuff on the back end. Right. Uh, so for a lot of times, you know that's a, that's a major problem is people are not used; they're not thinking about their funnel the right way, and they're and they're not just getting down to brass tacks. I would say like right off the hop. And right. as a result, I mean, just you, you, you losing money. need to warm up the client and build some credibility and trust. And Agora can do that in one step. Um, right. They, they usually have famous people or great track records or amazing hooks. Um, if you don't have one, you might want to slow down the funnel a little bit, right? And, and you know, get the people, yeah. get them in there. Well, I think, I think too, is like I think people are very – I think that same model has sort of scared people into, into – that uh, we need to warm people up like endlessly, but you can warm people up with with a, with a lower priced product. I mean, do you want do you want a list of uh, you know uh, uh, what's the word I'm going to use here? <laughs> I insult anybody, but like, do you want a list of buyers or do you want a list of people who you know uh, may buy at some point in the future? You have no idea, right? 
Uh, so something as simple as uh, a low-priced product just to start off with, where you'd normally just be giving something free away, for many people, that would be a better option because you're at least going to make some money back enough to pay for the ads that you're running. So you have what they call like a self-liquidating funnel uh, where, that, where that money is going to go to at least break even on your ads at, at the least. And a lot, a lot of people like in the supplement space and stuff like that uh, – you know, they go they go right to uh, their sales uh, pages, and they're making a profit even on that on that first encounter. So, which not only paying off their ads, but turning a profit, so they can start. You know, they can really go crazy. But uh, yeah, so but, so I, I think the bottom line is that you you really need to think about it, but you also need to test and see what actually works in your situation. Yeah, because it's all it's all different too. It's all I mean, when someone comes to me. They they have some history. Uh, chances are they've tried other things, uh, and like you said, David, testing is a huge is a huge deal too. I mean, you don't want to plow a bunch of money into something that doesn't work, right. you know. So take a small percentage of that budget, run a, run some tests, find out what's going on there, and at least know from the beginning that it is a possibility of working, you know, because uh, there's a lot of money being spent out there that's just crashing and burning. And that's that's really sad. I mean, those are people's lives food on their family's table, all that kind of stuff, uh, that they're just burning away willy-nilly because some, some quote-unquote guru or something told them to do it this way. Well, well, good. I, I think you've covered a lot in a short period of time, and I really appreciate it. Um, if someone wants to learn more about funnels or um, listen to your podcasts, um, where, what are some resources, and are you, are you available to help people on a consulting basis? I am available to help people on a consulting basis. If you go to makewordspay.com, there is a, a way to get in touch with me there. There's phone numbers. There's emails. Uh, there's also a, a place where you can opt in to learn about how maybe you can fix your funnel without even having to engage me. You can uh, go through the email sequence I have that has a, a lot of these type ideas uh, contained within there about how you can just go out and decide whether your thing is working the way it should be or way it, or it's not. And okay. also you can go and yeah, for my podcast, I'm, a, I'm the host of uh, the email marketing podcast, uh, John McIntyre's uh, uh, podcast at the McMethod, McMethod.com, I believe it's the McMethod.com perhaps. And uh, also uh, Takeover Tuesday, which you can find uh if you go to my Facebook page uh, and take over Tuesday as, a, as its own Facebook page, it's kind of in limbo a little bit right now, but there's, I've interviewed some of the, uh, the best copywriters uh, in the world when I started doing that. And, and uh, we've had David on the show before and stuff. So it's, uh, it's a lot of fun and, you, and there's a lot to learn. Some people shared some really uh, great stuff on there besides myself. So, well, you're a great out. interviewer and also a great interviewee. So, so, <laughs> So, Dave, thanks for doing this. Let's wrap up, and I know next week we've got a a really fun one. Um, Do you want to give us a little tease, a little preview about what you're going to talk about next time? Well, uh, as you you briefly mentioned, I think, earlier in the show, I am also a professional magician in addition to a uh, copywriter and marketing consultant, and so we are going to veer off into that strange and wonderful world of uh, magicianship. Magicianship. Can't wait. All right. Well, thanks, Dave Allen. Um, 
makeworksa.com. Yeah. Yep. And um, we will see you next week. Awesome. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes so you never miss an episode.